Good afternoon. Today is Sunday, September 26th, and welcome to Zoom with Zarni. I got a great Zoom with Zarni for you today. Uh, I'll be talking to uh, um, Matt Johnson, who's running for county legislature out in the third district. That's mostly the Cicero area, but also the northwest corner of Manlius. Uh, he is an energetic young candidate. Uh, if he is successful, he will be the youngest uh, Democrat, uh, youngest county legislature period that we know of in uh, Dargan County history. I can tell you, he has knocked more doors than anybody I've ever seen. Uh, he's got an incredible knowledge for his district and also just a great attitude. And I think he's um, someone you'll enjoy uh, hearing from. Uh, today, I uh, celebrate my 49th birthday. Uh, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm glad to be here, glad to be in this role, glad to uh, continue to uh, exist on this earth <laughs> with my family. And uh, it's been a harrowing couple of years um, with uh, all the incredibly scary things that are out there. But as I reflect on my 49th birthday, uh, I'm one year away from 50 and I'm right where I want to be. Uh, so I feel very blessed uh, in that aspect. Uh, we are looking at a, uh, um, uh, we are looking at, uh, you know, really getting into the meat of uh, the election season now as we get into October. Uh, we're 36 days away from early voting and, uh, you know, 26 days, I'm sorry, 26 days away from early voting, 36 days away from uh the election day and of course uh, absentee ballots are starting to go out and coming back uh, daily now. Uh, so people are already voting. Um, and uh, this is a good time to remind you that you have until October 8th to register to vote or change your registration. Uh, so, uh, so you're at your current address as long as you're already registered in New York. You actually could change your address up until October 13th if you are already registered. So we have a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of news uh, coming your way. Uh, we have, um, you know, I'm sure there will be an active campaign this fall, but this local election is very important. Ontario County Legislature is up. Uh, we also have Supreme Court. Uh, Anthony Berlisi running for that. It's our first time in Onondaga County being able to vote for him. Uh, and also uh, we have, uh, you know, town boards and, and mayor of the city of Syracuse and city council and commissioner of education uh, and supervisors uh, throughout uh, all of Onondaga County, no matter where you vote, you will have a race that is being contested. So please plan on going out there and participate. COVID is a valid excuse for uh, absentees. So you can use the temporary illness uh, portion of the absentees just like last year to be able to get it. Also on the back of the ballot are ballot uh, propositions. Uh, the big ones are the uh, no-fault absentees and same-day registration, the removal of the 10-day uh, minimum uh, that will allow for same-day registration in New York. Those are the big uh, electoral ones. There's also ones on redistricting, the environment, um, and uh, uh, New York City courts. But that's on every ballot. But certain towns also, and or I think the town of Camillus and certain villages have uh, ballot initiatives regarding the marijuana dispensary and whether to allow those in your communities as well. So these are important 
uh, ballot initiatives uh, that are out there. So make sure you flip the back of your ballot and vote on those initiatives. Um, well, thank you very much. I'm going to get back to my family activities today. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, please enjoy this interview with Matt Johnson, Democrat running for third county legislative district up in Cicero and Manlius, uh, energetic and uh, a young man who is really, uh, really working hard out there. And I hope if you're in his district, you listen to it, or even if you're not in his district, uh, you listen to his interview and consider support. Thank you very much and enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye. I'm very happy to have my good friend, Matt Johnson. He's running for County Legislative District 3, which is the northern halves of Cicero, uh, from Brewerton all the way down to the uh, north uh, west corner of Manlius. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for coming on Zoom with Zarni. Absolutely. So Matt, uh, you're obviously one of this historic uh, run of candidates that we have this year with 17 uh, different candidates running uh, for county legislature on the Democrat side. We've never really had that, not in generations. Uh, and it's part of this flip the ledge movement, which we're starting these interviews uh, with the county legislative candidates going up until election day. But I, I think people want to know, I know you've been out there working hard, but I think people would want to know who's Matt Johnson. What, what makes Matt Johnson tick? Tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, um, I'm a 20-year-old, you know, local nonprofit vice president, uh, community organizer that decided to run for county legislator. Uh, I serve as vice president of Tilly's Touch. It's a local nonprofit. We help local youth succeed in education and sports. Uh, we do a school supply giveaway annually for the past decade now over in the village of East Syracuse, where we hand out hundreds of backpacks filled with school supplies to local youth to ensure that they start off the school year on a positive note. Um, I got into this because I feel our county can be doing more for its taxpayers. Um, I, I think we need more younger people in government as well, especially when we have more younger folks leaving Onondaga County than coming. It is very important that you know we have a young person in office, at least on one of those 17 seats, right? And we finally have an opportunity to do that. So um, no, I, I'm thrilled to be running. It's It's been an amazing experience. Um, I wouldn't do a thing different so far. I, I, I've just been thrilled and um, really fortunate to be able to do this. So, yeah. Well, I want to thank you for, uh, you know, putting yourself forward. I know it was uh, pretty quickly last year after the uh, um, the gerrymandering thing that uh, you, uh, I think you announced within weeks of that, uh, you had, you had, already announced that you were running uh, and because you were incensed at uh, the, the, what you believe, and I agree with you that, you know, the, the breaking of the pledge. Uh, and though your district has been like that for several, uh, you know, for 20 years, but it is still a gerrymandered district. I mean, it, it, it's a weird shape that goes around. Um, what is that one of the reasons that got you off the bench and in, into uh, into the race, or and and how would you uh, how would you like to attack that as a county legislator? Yeah, so um, the road behind me, um, behind where I live, uh, I live off of West Downhour, and West Downhour is off of Fremont Road, 
and um, Fremont Road. For no, for anyone that's not familiar, that's the main road in uh, East Syracuse over here, and my little neck of Fremont. And um, it's cut in half. If you live on one side of the road, you, you're in one legislative district, and if you live on the other, then you're in another district. There's no reason to do that. You know, if you take someone that lives on one side and another person that lives on the other side, they're no different. Their their issues are the same. They live in the same community. They pay taxes to the same towns. Their kids would go to the same school district. Uh, there's no logical or rational sense to, to why we have cut these districts other than to benefit certain politicians at the end of the day. This is what happens when politicians have influence over the process of cutting their own districts. And um, so, yeah, that was a huge reason in terms of why I did this, because, I mean, there are residential areas of this district that are just cut in half. Uh, Coventry Road South over in the Clark Hill neighborhood is cut in half, which that makes absolutely no sense. Um, that, that's awful. Um, it was the weirdest thing to walk over there. The village of Manoa, uh, folks didn't even know that they were, you know, different from the rest of the village. Uh, when I went over there, they were like, oh, I didn't know we were in a different legislative district than the rest of Manlius. And um, they were surprised to know that. Um, and then East Pine Grove Road, too, in the town of Cicero, that's cut in half as well, right? You know, so this district is absolutely gerrymandering. Um, right. And, um, that's where it's, it was a huge, huge motivation to me running. Um, you know, it, this doesn't, it doesn't matter your political affiliation when it comes to gerrymandering. It, it shouldn't be tolerable regardless of your party. It's, um, if Democrats are in control, it still needs to be nonpartisan. If Republicans are in control, it needs to be nonpartisan still then too. There's, it doesn't make a difference to me and for it to be otherwise is absolutely absurd. So, you mentioned uh, when you, uh, you know, you talked about your background that you're, you know, obviously you're a young person, uh, and but you, if you are or when you are uh, successful, you'll be the youngest county legislature in uh, in Onondaga County history, is what we believe. Uh, uh, so, what's it like to run for office as a young person? It, 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 are there advantages, disadvantages? How are you? Uh, you know how are you seeing uh, the reaction on the trail? Um, it's a blessing and it's a curse. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's uh, it's it can be difficult sometimes. You know, um, I will say for the most part, the reaction has been surprisingly friendly. Uh, and I'll be honest, I when I announced, I thought this was going to be the most difficult part um, for me, being a young person, being so young. I thought going to doors, people wouldn't take me seriously, um, and you know now. When I go to doors and people realize how young I am, they're, they're shocked. They, I've been compared, when I, especially when I go to Burton, they say, you're the next Billy Barlow. And I say, okay. And, um, you know, and I'm, I'm all in because, you know what, that means they're ready to, to vote for a young person. And that's what it's all about. So, um, no, it's, it's been great um, to, to be a young person running for office, um, you know, and plus, it's awesome to go to doors and meet other young people and say, Hey, I'm your age and I'm running for office. And that, you know, that that makes all the difference. I ran in, there was a household of six today when I was going door to door. I mean, that was one of the biggest households I've ever seen. And um, four of them were younger people though, and they're all older than me, but by a couple of years. And I happened to run into one that was 25 and he, he was he thought it was great that a young person was running for office, right? You know, and and that's that's what it's all about. It, it's about, you know, making sure that 
other young people know that you know our generation is ready to stand up for creating opportunities in this county to improve our infrastructure right that's that's what we need um and so i'm ready to fight for that you talked about infrastructure there uh you know that kind of leads to a debate that's going on right now uh the american rescue funds that were uh given to the county uh by president biden and the democratic congress uh which none of the republican county legislators uh supported or the county exec uh were and the county's been blessed to give this money um but there's been little public input on it. In fact, I believe the only things that we know that they want to spend the money on right now is to give $20 million to Osita to take people's homes out in clay and, uh, and then a sports stadium <laughs> that, they, that, that has been, for some reason, uh, you know, touted as appropriate use of this money. While we're in the middle of a pandemic, while people are hurting, while the, you know, the rental assistance isn't, isn't flowing like it like it should. Do you have a, what, what, what would be your priorities as a legislator? Uh, because there's another round of this funding next year that the next legislature is going to decide on how to spend. What would be your priorities? Yeah, I just, when I was walking and knocking on doors tonight, I went to a neighborhood and they said their road hasn't been paid, paved in over 20 years. You know, these, these are the type of things that I run into that all too often in the town of Cicero. And um, I think it's wrong to designate $25 million to build a sports complex over in the Inner Harbor as we're trying to come out of a pandemic with federal money. I think it's a misuse of funding. I don't think it's fiscally responsible at all. Um, and I also think it's wrong to award a $20 million revolving loan to the Clay Industrial Park with the Onondaga County Industrial Development Agency. There's, there's so much better uses for this money and infrastructure, um, you know, and just, we have dilapidated infrastructure too that we don't really talk about in Onondaga County, right? You know, particularly in places like the city of Syracuse, but also in the suburbs too, that, you know, we, we really need to also take a look at and improve. Um, and it comes down to roads too. Um, and I, for me, that's really important. So I would spend the bulk of the money on that. Um, and I would also strongly urge to, um, you know, support small local businesses. That's really important to me, making sure, because a lot of them, you know, even here in Cicero and East Syracuse, they've been having a hard time and, um, you know, making everything, balancing the checkbooks, right? And so it's, it's important to give them a leg up. Um, and then I guess lastly is we had a lot of county departments that were cut. We furloughed workers, you know, this during this pandemic. And I want to restore that funding um, because that's important to me. You know, my mom and my grandmother, they worked for the county and um, there were cuts way back then um, in the 90s when they were there and um, they haven't stopped those cuts. So, um, and they got worse during the pandemic. So um, at bare minimum, we need to restore the funding that was cut. So um, there's a few things that I think we could definitely use money on as opposed to a revolving loan for an industrial park that doesn't have a tenant yet, by the way, um, or for a sports complex. Yeah, I mean, and you kind of touch on that with the county workforce, because one of the more controversial issues during the last budget was the Democrats on the county legislature tried to add, um, you know, social services and healthcare workers, uh, you know, as we had a $20 million surplus in the, one of the few, uh, um, you know, 
governments that ran a surplus during the pandemic while cutting, you know, hundreds of jobs and, and furloughing workers, uh, yet we ran a surplus of $20 million and they still didn't want to uh, put a few, like I think it was like $1 million to, to, to buy, to put in, uh, you know, a couple dozen workers that would help on social services and pandemic related issues. And that was rejected on a party line vote, which uh, your opponent uh, voted against. I, I, I assume that's some of the things that you want to, you know, restore, right? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You know, my that's where both of my, my family, that's where they work. They work for the Department of Social Services when they worked at the county. And um, that's that's wrong. Again, this isn't for me, this is this shouldn't even be partisan, right? I mean, what what is Republican, what screams Republican or Democrat about that? You know, and it, it really shouldn't at the end of the day. It should scream pro-worker, right? Because, you know, when when we think of a county position, that should be you know, oh my God, you you work for the county? That's awesome. That's a, that's a great gig. And right now it's it's not that way, right? And I think that's why we need these new fresh perspectives on the legislator. Um, and that's that's what it's all about for me. So, I mean, I, we mentioned your opponent, we didn't say his name, but you are running against Tim Burtis, who's who uh, uh, has been in the, the legislature for, I believe, nine years, eight years, something like that, seven years, several different terms. Um, and, uh, he, uh, you know, he's the ways and means chair, so he does have, uh, you know, some influence, but, you know, I guess the question is, is what are your differences between you and him? I mean, we've touched on some of it, but what are some of the things that, why you believe that, uh, uh, you should represent the district as opposed to him? Yeah, I, I, I guess I would say, you know, it's nothing personal i don't i don't have a vendetta or anything right i think it's more so about the gerrymandering we were talking about where you know i live in a neighborhood that's split because of partisan reasons when i don't think it should be that way uh, at all right i i think that's wrong um you know and i think it's time that we you know embrace fresh perspectives on the county legislator we there aren't any young people in government locally right um and that's really frustrating and, um, you know, it's the same old isn't doing it anymore. I'm going to doors and people have been, you know, slowly losing hope. I had a gentleman tell me today, um, you know, when I asked him if there are any issues important to him at the county, he said, don't even get me started. And he, he was not wanting to talk. And I, I tried to brush it off and um, I gave him my card and he took it. But still, you know, there's, there's folks who are just, they're not happy. They're not content with the status quo. And um, for me, I guess that would be our biggest difference is, um, you know, whether it's it's continuing with the path we're on now or, you know, taking a turn and, you know, improving things for the better. And, and I'm the turn, if you will. So. <laughs> yeah, you're the turn. Uh, you know, you keep mentioning doors and I don't, you're, you're, you're humble about this, but I know because I've seen you out there, you are on the doors constantly you are i think have you knocked on a thousand doors by now i i, I think it's close it's uh you know or at least in your district and obviously the young legs help you there there's your advantage uh but it's also about uh um you know i you're, you're out there hearing from the district and, and what are you hearing from when you're out there knocking on these doors or you know how and you've even said before there's people that 
knock on doors that have never been talked to before. So what, what are you hearing from the people of the city? Yeah, I'm talking to folks that, like you said, they, they've never even met someone running for office. And, um, you know, particularly when I go to rural parts or, to, you know, to places like Bridgeport, you know, where people, people have just lost lost hope. And there's other people who are content with how things are at the county. And um, it's really a mixed bag. Um, but at the end of the day, most folks can agree that, you know, it's, it's time for something different. And, um, you know, it's time to embrace change. Right. And that is something that it really excites me. It, it really does. Um, because that's what we need. That's what we need in this county is we need something different. So, um, no, the, the doors, the folks have been very, very, very receptive um, to our message. And I am absolutely thrilled. It's, it's a lot of work. Um, I've worked on numerous political, political campaigns prior to this. And um, that's what it's all about, is getting out there, meeting folks, introducing yourself, um, and, you know, making sure that they know you're very serious about this and um, you, you would like to be considered by them. And so that's what we're doing. Uh, this is an elections podcast, uh, so I do have to talk about some democracy issues, but I, I do believe, uh, you know, that democracy is under assault right now. It's been a rough uh, year for democracy officials. But, you know, for the last three years, the last three elections, we have fought to have an early voting site out in Cicero. And uh, that has uh, not been received well by the current occupant of the seat or uh, the county executive. Um, you know, you, you live, you know, in that district. Uh, you live, uh, you know, what, what are your, uh, you know, what are your feelings about democracy and, and, and dem you know, democracy issues? And also, you know, uh, do you think a, an early voting site in Cicero is warranted? So I don't know who or how someone could be against an early voting site in the town of Cicero. It, it, it's not adding up for me. And, you know, that's because the closest early voting site to folks that live out in Cicero in Bridgeport, for that matter, is all the way out in Clay, right? And that's that's a hike for some folks. And Clay tends to be one of the more busier sites when it comes to our early voting sites. So that also makes it a little more difficult. And, um, you know, I guess it, it makes it at times inconvenient, which is not the point of early voting. Early voting is, you know, supposed to be convenient. So um, that's what it, proposing a new site in Cicero it's about convenience, right? And it's about, you know, allowing more opportunities and getting more folks out to vote. And um, I think we should be using every and any opportunity to allow anyone that wants to participate within our election process to be able to get out there and make their voices heard. So that is something that I would fully support. I would strongly advocate for, and it blows my mind. Uh, having a district, and let's not forget Cicero geographically is a monster. I know from experience, um, it's, it's a big, big town. Uh, there's a swamp in it in case we forgot, right? You know, so um, that, that makes it difficult. You know, folks in Bridgeport feel isolated. You know, if you're going all the way up and if you live in Burton, that makes it, you know, you're closer to another county than you are to the early voting site, which is, uh, again, out in Clay. So um, that's where, we need an early voting site in Cicero. 
Yeah, you know, this got caught up with, you know, whether we expand or not. I mean, this is part of the problem is, is that it's always about the bare minimum. Only do the bare minimum. And you can only have six sites. And I was proposing eight because I wanted one in Onondaga and one in Cicero. But now, you know, next year, will the state legislature, tired of uh, the people that were on the ground on county legislators across the state, doing the bare minimum, they raised what the minimum is. So now we'll have to have 10 sites at least in Onondaga County um, uh, next year. So that's why this is such a, a live issue because we are gonna have four new sites and where those sites go are gonna depend on uh, you know the negotiations on that and also um, how much the county legislature uh, embraces uh, you know this important reform. So. I'm glad to hear that you're going to fight for Cicero because everybody should fight for their area of town. I, I, you know, so, yeah, um, so Matt, uh, you know, you are going door to door, but a pandemic is 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 happening. Yes, uh, that's a thing. And uh, <laughs> and and having a campaign in a pandemic um, is unique. So. What, what are you doing to try to, to adjust your campaign plans uh, to the presence of COVID-19 and the Delta variant that is raising death? Yeah, I mean, when we started petitioning, I went out and it looked like I was suited up for a war um, or to go into surgery or something. I would wear, you know, two masks um, and would have, I, I didn't wear gloves. I didn't take it that far, but still I walked around with a little spray sanitizer um, had so many different pens, it's not even funny. So then people wouldn't have to use the same pen. Um, you know, and as soon as I would knock on a door and I still do it, and when I knock on a door or ring a doorbell, um, I immediately take numerous steps back um, where it's uh, definitely six feet, if not more, <laughs> better safe than sorry, right? So um, that's, that's, and I, um, I, Go around and I always carry a mask with me too. Um, and I'm, you know, always outdoors. There's, there's no apartments that I can't access that are indoors in Cicero. So I'm always outdoors. And so I always have my mask in hand. Um, and like I said, I always make sure I'm a very reasonable distance away where um, it's, it's okay. And um, definitely it's, it's the strangest thing though. Cause like I said, I've worked on other political campaigns and um, imagining mine, well, no, living the reality of right now, <laughs> campaigning during a pandemic, it's, um, it is very strange. It's, it's scary. There's no two ways around it too. It's, it's definitely intimidating. Um, and, but it's, it's the reality too, right? So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's a tough time right now for a lot of folks. So. Well, Matt, uh, I always like to end these interviews with a chance for you to tell me what haven't we talked about. So what, what are, uh, what's an issue or something we need to know about Matt Johnson that we haven't um, been able, that you wanna leave with the voters before you do, before we yeah. um Something that is really important to me, it goes back to transparency, um, is proposing a county charter change uh, to when we have county legislative meetings. Right now they're in the middle of the day, um, which to me, it, that's useless, right? For many folks that, you know, work a typical eight to four, nine to five type of job um, where they should be in the evening. There's no reason why they shouldn't be. You know, our the salary of a legislator is 
funded by taxpayers. So when meetings aren't accessible to the taxpayers that fund their salaries, we have an issue, right? That's that's unacceptable. So, and then I also, I think it's ridiculous, um, the current live streaming process. I mean, there's a laptop in the back of the chambers. I mean, I progress is progress, I guess, right? Because there wasn't even that. But still, I mean, that's, that's awful. The, the visual, the audio, everything about it is, it's embarrassing. Well, you have a county that approves a budget of over a billion dollars and we can't even properly live stream a legislative meeting. I, I, again, this is, this is why we need this fresh energy to update Onondaga County. Um, and that's what this campaign is all about. You know, just to frustrate you a little bit more, give a little color on that whole uh, live streaming thing. By the way, a Democratic majority could move the the um, the sessions without a charter change. So, you know, electing you would help with that. But on the live streaming, the Joe Driscoll was on our uh, program a few months ago, and he talked about how the county, or how the city moved to the live streaming, uh, you know, platform that I, it has, which is amazing. It's you know, motion sensor cameras. They they, they pick up, they get close-ups of who's talking and all of that. And yes. it turned out that there was a grant for that. And the city and the county could have had funds for that grant. But the county legislature did not want to have, uh, you know, a live stream or did not want to participate in that program. And it wasn't until the pandemic happened that they came up with the laptop in the back of the room, oh. uh, you know, uh, proposal. And it was only because a Democrat, Vern Williams, kept, um, you know, pushing that they should have something. And, uh, it, you know, and, and, and after the, you went to Zoom meetings that anybody could attend, uh, when they went back into person, then they finally, finally had this, I guess, solution would be a loose term for it. But uh, it, 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 it was, you know, it was because Democrats were pushing for it. But again, they did the bare minimum. They, they, they passed up on funds to, to, to really do it right. And uh, it was a lack of uh, vision there that uh, that is why we have that and the city has something state of the art and beautiful. Right. So yeah, that's it's it's a scary day, you know, when legislators go out of their way when it's so easy to make a meeting accessible and they go out of their way to make it unaccessible. Well, you see it on town boards, you see it on uh, uh, county boards, and I do think transparency is an issue that many Democrats are running on, and I'm glad you mentioned it uh, as well. Um, so Matt, I just want to thank you again for spending some time with us today. Um, and uh, I hope uh, other people out in your area follow you. Uh, they can find you on Facebook. We'll put the links in your website. We'll put the links in the show notes. Um, awesome. And uh, thank you again for putting yourself forward and, and being the energizer bunny at the doors that you are. I, I love seeing that. Awesome. No, Dustin, thank you for this. This is great. And I really appreciate it. And absolutely. We're going to keep at them until November 2nd. So, yeah. And uh, remember that, uh, uh, you know, you can still get an absentee. If you need an absentee ballot, you can use COVID as an excuse. Uh, you can go to our website on vote.net and request an absentee ballot uh, up until 15 days before the election. And uh, so make sure you go out there and do that. And the reason you can do that is because this pandemic is still uh, you know, happening all around us. And uh, the numbers are going up. In Onondaga County, our hospitals are getting full again. 
it is very important and uh, for us to mitigate as much as possible. But the only way out of this, the only sure way out of this is if enough of us get vaccinated. So if you are not vaccinated, please, I urge you, go out and get the shot. It's free. It's pretty accessible. You can walk into almost any uh, drugstore or, or make appointments to the county to get it uh, or your doctor. Um, and they are, this is our best way out of it. And it will protect you. Uh, it will protect you if you uh, from getting sick. It will also protect you if you do get sick, that you won't be hospitalized. And you won't have a severe in, uh, illness that could lead to death. Uh, too many of our neighbors have, have been lost. And we need to protect each other. I also urge you to consider wearing masks indoors. You are required to wear masks indoors in schools, hospitals, and public transportation. And that includes ride shares like Uber and Lyft. Please don't uh, put those uh, drivers at risk. Don't put your fellow passengers at risk. Wear your mask at those uh, facilities. It is the law. But consider, I wear a mask when I go indoors everywhere right now because it, I don't know if I have it. I'm vaccinated. But uh, it's, it's a way to protect others and protect our loved ones and protect those that cannot get vaccinated, like young children or uh, people who are immunocompromised uh, and at the most risk in our community. So please uh, consider that when and, you know, winter's coming. We're going to be indoors a lot more uh, soon. So please stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, please go vote. All right. Thank you very once again and enjoy the rest of your day.